Hey, church. Man, that's a good intro, isn't it? Yeah, you can get your heart, uh, heart beating a little bit. Uh, anyhow, sorry. Uh, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm Pastor Paul. Uh, it is good to be with you in person this morning. If you're uh, tuning in online, I uh, hope you feel welcomed. Uh, Cody is our online pastor today. He'd love to connect with you, get you connected into our church family. And if you're a guest, I uh, hope you feel encouraged and loved on this morning uh, here. Uh, you just saw an intro to uh, The Chosen, our teaching series that we're in, part two five is on a mini series called The Chosen. And this is available uh, through thechosen.tv or even uh, through an app on your phone. And if you haven't watched it, my goodness, do it. Do it this week, download it or stream it. And it is so worth your time. Uh, What it is, it's a mini series that looks at the life of Christ through the people who experienced him here on earth, mainly through the disciples and those who encountered him, maybe even experienced his teachings or his miracles. And so it just brings new light and light uh, to the gospel, I think. It is accurate, it stays with the spirit of the gospel, but really brings in the human element of the people that surrounded Jesus. And even Jesus himself, I think that's my favorite part. Jesus even cracks some jokes in this. I don't know if that's allowed or not, but (laughs) this is a story about Jesus where he has some humor, which I love because I think God uh, exhibits that and has that. And that's why he's given us some of that. But uh, the first uh, season, which is available now, really sets the stage for Jesus' public ministry. Uh, We see in this season, if you watch it, uh, the calling of the disciples. We experience some of his first teachings. Uh, We see the miracles that he performs, the healings that he performs. And we see him proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven has arrived to earth through his life. And that phrase, the kingdom of heaven, or sometimes it says the kingdom of God in scripture, that was really central to everything that Jesus was about. Everything he said, everything he uh, did, everything he prophesied that would happen, all surrounds that idea of heaven. The fact that heaven is real and that heaven has come to earth, at least in part, through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And we can experience a touch of heaven if we devote our lives to him, surrender our lives to him, put our faith in him. And so the question is, what does that mean? mean? What does it look like for the kingdom of heaven to be here on earth? And he gives us a glimpse of it when he starts his public ministry. He reads from the prophet Isaiah. We see it in Luke chapter four, but this is what Jesus says that he has brought. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me, sorry, (laughs) to proclaim freedom for the prisoner in recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to set the oppressed free. I missed that one, sorry. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, Jesus came to bring healing to us, to offer restoration, to give us purpose and identity, to give us God's favor in our life. He came to bring spiritual healing, to bring good news to the poor, the spiritually poor and broken. We are blessed if we acknowledge the fact that we have sin in our life that separate us from God. And if we acknowledge the fact that Jesus came to resolve that sin, to give his life as a sacrifice for you and I so we could be forgiven of that sin. He came to bring spiritual healing into our lives. He came to bring physical healing. He physically restored sight healed the lame, cured the sick, 
perform miracles. He came to restore relationships, to bring social healing, breaking the chains of relational and social bondage that enslave and imprison us. As Pastor Matt mentioned last week and we saw through the life of Mary, he came to bring relief mentally and emotionally. Mary of Magdala, who we see in the first episode of this series, had been oppressed for seven, or by seven demons for many years. And Jesus brings healing to her, relief from that oppression. And so that's kind of where we pick up the story today. Uh, in episode six, if you look at the series, uh, we meet a man who has contracted the disease of leprosy. Now we know a lot more about this disease now than they did then, but for this man at that time, to have leprosy was completely devastating. It wasn't just a physical illness with flesh deteriorating sores that you couldn't hide. That was part of it. But it meant social isolation. He was condemned to either live in a leprous community or to be distant, physically separated from anyone who was healthy. He would have certainly experienced mental, emotional trauma from the fact that now everything about him is wrapped up in a physical condition that he had no control over. In fact, if he were around someone who was clean, who wasn't sick, he would even have to verbally yell out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Imagine the trauma that must have brought to his life. Spiritually, he was forbidden to worship in the temple because of his disease. In fact, it's probably the fact that he even got condemned some people may have said, well, it's because you've sinned or you have something wrong in your spiritual life that this disease has even come on you. And so we're introduced to this human being <laughs> and we get a picture of some of the hopelessness, some of the despair, some of those challenges that he faces. But one thing he has is faith. Faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. He heard that Jesus has the power to do miracles. And so maybe, just maybe, Jesus can do a miracle in his own life. You watch this clip. Come on. It's a leopard. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his hair. Don't. Come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 Rabbi you cannot. It's disease. You Please. Please. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing.
کردن است Yeah, the whole series is like that. It just wants you, leaves you wanting to clap and cheer Jesus on it. Uh, but it's powerful because it puts so much human element into these stories, these people that we read about. I love his faith, the faith of this leopard. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Believes that Jesus actually has the power to heal, to do miracles. Do you believe that? Can he still do it today? Yeah. The truth is that Jesus did that throughout the course of his life. And throughout the last 2,000 years, he continues to do it through the power of his spirit poured out on us, available to us through faith in him. And so today we believe that healing can come. It's available to us. It's not a matter of if Jesus can heal, but how can we experience his healing in our lives? That's what we want to focus on with just a few minutes we have today. How can you and I experience the healing power of Jesus in our lives? I think we can look at this man with leprosy and see from his example some key things that we can base our life and our faith on. You know, we meet him uh, in Scripture in Luke 5, verses 12 and 13. It says this, while Jesus was in one of the towns, he came along a man who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately 
the leprosy left him. See, this man possessed a faith and a trust in who Jesus was and what Jesus could do in his life. And he just humbly and fully fell at the feet of Christ and said, I believe you can heal me. If you're willing, would you bring it? Would you heal me? And so that's the first thing we need to draw our attention to. If you're following along on the app, on uh, the phone, uh, the first thing that we can learn from this man is just to believe that Jesus can heal, that he does and he can, and he can heal my life. He can heal parts of your life. See, he just had a simple faith. Now, he didn't have any other options. There weren't any medical treatment plans. There weren't any things available in society that could restore him in relationships or restore him physically or in any component of his life. He was hopeless without Jesus. But he had faith in Jesus, a belief that Jesus could touch, could heal and restore. And so the question is, how does his story connect to ours? You know, oftentimes we have options. If we're ill, we have options, medical options, good ones to make us better. Sometimes we don't get to a point where we just fully put our faith in Jesus. But here's an encouragement today. That's what we're called to. As people of faith, we're called to place our faith in Jesus and believe that he can touch and he can heal every aspect of our life, not just our physical needs. He can heal the hurt and the brokenness that we go through in relationships. He can heal the pain and the anguish that we experience in our mental health and wellness. He can fill us with purpose and identity in every area of our life. But we're called to believe that he could do that. Believe he could come and touch us. The interesting thing about this leper is that he wasn't allowed to come to Jesus because of the religious and the social structures placed on him at that time. That was almost illegal for him to even come and say, would you heal me? But his faith in who Jesus was and what Jesus could do was greater than the fear and the constraints placed on him by society, or even the shame and despair he felt in his own life. And so for you and I, maybe some of us in this room have some physical healing that we need. It's obvious. And we can come and ask Jesus to touch and to heal. But there's a temptation and something we need to address is the fact that too often we project that we are well and whole on the outside while there are things inside that are unwell, things inside that hurt, things inside that are keeping us oppressed or in bondage. And we're tempted to just play those off. See, the leper had to isolate. He had to be disconnected because of what was visible on the outside. Too often it's what we carry with us on the inside that brings that same separation between us and God and between us and others. And sometimes we're afraid that if we really get honest, if we really get transparent with God or with other people, even believers, that the response will be kind of like what the disciples did in this scene. Get back. That's too ugly. I don't want to mess with that. We don't deal with that here. But I'm so thankful this is a church and a church family 
that encourages transparency, isn't afraid of the mess that we deal with in life because life is messy. (laughs) And each of us have things in our lives, baggage that we carry, regrets or shames that we've experienced, hurts that we've encountered. We really need a healing touch from Christ. And so this is a safe place to get honest, to get honest with the Lord and to get honest with one another and to trust that no matter where we've been or what we've done, God's desire for each and every one of us is to experience healing in every area of our life. Spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically. That's his goal. That's his desire. In Isaiah 1.18, this is just a picture of God's character and a picture of what Jesus represented in his life and what he's called the church to. God says, come, let's settle the matter. It doesn't matter what that is. Come to me. Let's settle it. Though your skin, or sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. It doesn't matter where we are or where we've been but what God wants to do in our life right now and where he wants to take us. And he wants us, each of us, to experience a healing touch from from him. See, we're not called to hide. We're not called to live in shame or despair, but to hope. So the question for us is, do we get honest? Do we get honest with the Lord? Do we believe in the healing power of Jesus and believe that we can be honest and we can ask for it and receive it? The answer is yes. I hope it's yes in your heart. Some of us in this room need the healing touch of salvation. We need to come to a place today where we, for the first time, confess our faith in Jesus and receive his spiritual forgiveness and healing in our lives. Some of us maybe have been following him for a long time, but there are hidden sins in our lives that we just need to confess and be healed of. We need to get honest. There's some of us who need physical healing. For maybe it's a disease or a diagnosis, a condition. Maybe it's a behavior or uncontrolled addiction that just physically is overwhelming us. Some of us need some relational healing for brokenness maybe from hurts that we've experienced, hurts we've given to others. Some of us need some emotional healing from fear and anxiety, maybe anger or even a diagnosis, power to live well even with the diagnosis. So here's the challenge for us, to get honest, to believe in the power of God's healing touch through Jesus and to ask for it. And to believe that it can happen instantly, even miraculously, because it does. It did when he was here 2,000 years ago. It does now with his spirit being here. And so sometimes it comes right now. But we know other times healing comes, not instantly, but through a process. So that's the other thing we want to just turn our attention to today. If I want to encounter the healing presence and touch of God in my life, Sometimes I need to be willing to follow Jesus through a healing process. See, we see this in another healing story of Jesus. In Jerusalem, at the time of Christ, there was a pool, uh, it says, in the city where the sheep gate was uh, called Bethesda. This is a massive pool. There was five colonnades, and the waters from time to time would be stirred 
by the Spirit of God. And it was said and experienced that the first people into those waters after they were stirred by God's Spirit would receive physical healing. And so in John chapter 5, we see a man who's been paralytic or paralyzed for 38 years, laying there next to the water, just hoping that he might be able to touch it after it's stirred and be healed. And in verse 5, we see Jesus come up to this man. This is what it says. It says, when Jesus saw him laying there and learned that he had been in this condition for so long, he asked him, do you want to get well? Honestly, that's almost an offensive question, I think. Someone who's been ill for so long, hoping to get well. But Jesus asked him. Sir, the man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else always goes down ahead of me. See, he was stuck for 38 years without relief, losing hope that he was ever going to be the first one in to get a healing touch from God. It just reminded him of his condition and his pain. But then Jesus says this. He said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. And the day on which this took place was the Sabbath. You know, you might see that and say, okay, the healing still came instantly. And so that doesn't really go along with your point, pastor, which I agree. I said healing's a process. (laughs) It happened instantly here. But what we need to see from this is what this man really needed was a hope that healing could come and the knowledge that he could take one step to experience that healing. So often in our lives, especially if we have things that we've carried for a long time, burdens, brokenness that we've carried for a long time, shame or despair, it leads us to a point where we feel helpless. We're not sure if things can change. If they could change, we don't know what that would look like. And so we lose hope. You know, I think that's why God gave Gina Colclasier, our director of our Wellspring Mental Health and Resource Center, this passage as the foundational passage for our ministry there. See, what God revealed to her is that often you and I need to find hope in Jesus And we need to find hope that there is a process, there is a step we can take to encounter him and to experience some healing in our lives. We see this continually through the Wellspring ministry, the people who go through it, who take the classes and get connected to the resources. Sometimes that healing comes to us through walking a process. We see it and celebrate recovery. You know, an example I I thought of um, when I was thinking about this was Rick and Carol Horn. Carol's here this morning. Thanks for letting me share a little bit of this story, Carol. You know, when I began uh, attending CR a few years ago, stepping out of denial myself, acknowledging that I needed God's healing in areas of fear and codependency in my own life, one of the few week, or first weeks I attended, I heard Carol and Rick share a little bit of their story. They had just come through uh, a 12-step process, a nine-month journey, a process of healing and transformation. I'll never forget Rick getting up on the stage and sharing what that process led him to. See, more than 40 years prior, Rick had served, was it Vietnam War, Carol, I believe? He had served in the Vietnam War and he had encountered an experience that left him plagued with shame and regret, guilt and grief. And he didn't share the exact experience with us, but he did through that process, share that with the Lord. 
asked for healing in his life and shared it with his sponsor. And he said only then, after 40 years, he finally felt peace in his life, finally experienced that healing touch. And likewise, Carol told me this week that she walked through her process through the 12 steps and it allowed her to process the events and the abuse that she had encountered from her stepdad. And only after walking this process, after 50 years, she was able to lay down the events, the hurt, the bitterness, and the anger, and offer forgiveness. See, believing that Jesus can heal us means that we believe he can touch us and healing can come immediately. But it also means that he might call us to walk a process of healing. They're not contradictory. They're two unique ways that he wants to work in our lives. And so let me give you two great resources for this. First, Hope Forward is a program we're running right now on Thursday nights here at the church. Uh, Celebrate Recovery and Wellspring are partnering together uh, to host this program. And it's really about whole healing, experiencing God's touch in every aspect of our life. And each week it's about finding one step forward to take. We would love to have you there on Thursday. Another is just our Wellspring Center. Our mental health and resource center is open every week. And we have coaches who would love to hear your story, love to connect with you, love to help you find that next step toward healing, to restoration or recovery or wellness in your own life. We've got tables out in the atrium with info for both of those resources, or if you're tuning in online, there's more information on our church's website. But I just wanna encourage you in this. When we experience healing on this earth, it's God's desire, it's the whole reason why Jesus came was to restore and to heal, to give us hope and a purpose. But we also have to remember that it's just a small glimpse of what awaits us in eternity. The fact that Jesus brought healing with him from the kingdom of heaven means that when we experience those things here on this earth, it ought to fill us with hope of what awaits us. Because there is a day for every believer where we get to experience wholeness unlike anything on this earth, where we get to experience victory, where we get to experience what it means to live free of sin and the results of sin. That awaits us in heaven and only there. And so my encouragement to us is while we have faith and while we pray and while we work for healing here on this earth, let it remind us of what is ahead of us. And when it doesn't come this side of heaven, let us hope all the more for what awaits us in heaven. Because here's the hard part of people of faith Sometimes we pray and we believe and we work and we see the victory and we see the miracle and we see the healing. And other times we pray and we believe and we work and it doesn't come here. And it doesn't mean that Jesus isn't real. It doesn't mean the promise of healing isn't true. It means that his response is wait. You're gonna wait and you're gonna experience it in heaven And we know that he promises it to give us strength as we endure this life because the truth is each and every one of us endure heartaches and troubles on this life. He told us it was gonna be that way. He said, in this life you will have trouble, but this is it. Take heart, for I have overcome this world. 
And so if we are struggling, if we need that healing touch, we believe that it's going to come. But if his answer is wait, we can be confident that his spirit's going to strengthen us each and every day while we're waiting for it. That he's going to help us love him fully and live in as much victory as we can while we wait. But for believers, our ultimate hope in experiencing the healing touch of Jesus is trusting in the internal healing of heaven. That's the last thing if you're following along in your notes. Just that we trust that no matter how powerful the healing is here on this earth, it's just a small glimmer of what awaits us. And life here is temporary. Though he offers us life and life to the fullest, no matter how powerful and miraculous his work is here, life is still temporary here. We still confront the kingdom of darkness. We still confront death and despair, sin, and all the junk that comes from bad choices we make or others make. But there is coming a day where we don't have that anymore. In fact, that's what Jesus said in John 11, that I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, he, par- he brought part of heaven here, but we are made for heaven. We get to encounter heaven through coming into relationship with him through confessing our faith in his life and his death and his resurrection. But more than anything, our hope and our heart needs to look forward to what awaits us. And it needs to motivate us in how we bring hope to others, how we are ambassadors of grace and love to others, how we pray for others. The greatest thing we can ever do is experience the spiritual healing of salvation. That's our whole purpose. That's why God made us, was to come into relationship with him through faith in Jesus. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says this, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. So let me just close with this today. If you've never came to a point of confessing your faith in God and experiencing forgiveness for your sins, that is the touch God wants to bring to your life today. Forgiveness and eternal assurance of your place in heaven. I know for some of us, we've made that commitment, but we're sitting here knowing those things in our lives where we need a touch of God, a healing touch. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's just in our emotions. Maybe it's physically for healing. We're going to close by praying and having faith that God will move, even right now. The following service, our pastors and our elders will be down here to pray for you and be our honor to pray and believe for healing. But however God answers that, whether it's an immediate miraculous healing, whether it's a call of obedience to walk through a healing process, or whether it's the call to wait, that healing is coming, but it's coming on the other side of eternity. Let us be filled with hope that we have that waiting for us. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you so much 
for who you are. Lord, though we are all spiritually poor and broken, disconnected from you because of sin and the result of sin in our lives and on this earth, Lord, you made a way for salvation. And God, as we talk about the healing touch and your healing power, there is nothing greater than salvation coming to our lives. Lord, through confessing our faith in you, coming to a place of believing you are the son of God, that you lived a perfect life, that you died for our sins and that you came back and beat the grave and resurrected. So God, for anyone in this room right now, that's the healing touch they need from you. That's the encouragement they need from you. I pray your spirit would just stir in their heart to just in faith confess that, to say, I believe in you. I receive your love and forgiveness because of what you've done for me. And I ask you to come into my life to fill me with your spirit and to lead me. Lord, for so many of us in this church family, for those who are waiting or are watching online, Lord, if you were standing right before us, we no doubt in Lee would fall on our face and say, I need your touch here. God, help us to see that you are right before us. And God, you've called us to fall on our face in faith and to ask if you are willing you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can heal. Lord, maybe it's spiritually in an area of unconfessed sin or an area of just distance from you. Lord, if you're willing, come and heal those who need that. Or maybe it's relationally. God, relationships are hard here and we encounter so many struggles and trials. We get hurt and we hurt others. God, you can restore and heal. So, Lord, if you are willing for everyone who needs that, bring your healing today. Lord, maybe it's just the mental and the emotional anguish that we experience here on earth. God, if you are willing, come and heal those who need that. God, in every way, I pray that you would move. For those who are believing for a physical miracle, Lord, we just pray for that. Lord, whether that's recovery from an illness or power to overcome, just a behavior that's out of control, an addiction even. God, bring your healing. If you are willing, come and heal. Lord, for those who, of us who need just that call of obedience on our lives, to reach out for help, to walk a process of healing so that can be deep-rooted and that victory can last. Help us to have the obedience to do that. But God, in all of this, more than anything, we ask for you to fill us with the hope of heaven, that our mindset and our eyes would be set on eternity, that we would know that is our purpose, to come into relationship with you here on earth, to experience you here on earth in part, but to experience you in heaven fully. So God, help us to hope for heaven. Help us to pray for heaven. And Lord, when the healing waits us there, give us the strength and the courage to wait in obedience and faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just thank God for what he's doing in our lives. I just encourage you, if you've made a commitment of faith today, uh, we'd encourage you to go see Jeff at the yes table. He can 
uh, just talk to you and show you the next steps to take to grow in your faith. Uh, our Wellspring and CR tables are available in the atrium. And then again, our pastors, our elders would be honored to pray for you. If you need a healing touch of the Lord in your life, uh, you can come down in front following service. But let's end by turning our focus in worship to God again.